Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime co-hosts, Miss Purrington and Mookie the Cat. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. You can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at ComedyWham or on our Comedy Wham Facebook page. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, our advice column Rochelle takes on comedy, and we've also got a festivals page, and you can see our FPIA page summarizing all of the contest results at Cap City. And of course, we are best known for our events page for live shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click Submit a Show to complete the short survey. Tag us on your Instagram stories or posts, and we'll share your show promo. Looking for ways to support all these resources we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Search for Comedy Wham on Patreon and check out our subscriber perks. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and we usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, I am talking to somebody who hails from Orange County, Los Angeles, recently moved to Austin. Uh, he made it on the Austin edition of Kill Tony back in, uh, oh, back in, as if that was ages ago, last year in 2021. In 2022, he reached the finals of the uh, inaugural Austin Comedy Competition, and he also reached the semifinals of the 2022 Cap City Comedy Club Funniest Person in Austin contest. I'm personally not sure why that's not a bigger deal and uh, why more people aren't making a big deal about it. But I think that's a great accomplishment. And now Comedy Wham presents our guest, Jason Rodriguez. Oh, my God. Let's start that over. And now Comedy Wham presents Jason Rodriguez. Hello. Hi. Hey. Welcome. Hey, what's up? <laughs> oh, not much. Sorry about blundering your name. I mean, It was Jason. so good up until know, my right? name. That was, right. that was crazy. <laughs> It's because I was ad-libbing the, you know, I'm not sure why people aren't making a bigger deal. If I just mm-hmm. stick to my script, I can get through that whole thing. Nah, you had to throw that in there. You had to throw You had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were talking before I, I hit record that I'm, I'm a mathematician by trade, and so I love to analyze things. And I really don't know why, um, well, I, I have... I have suspicions of why a bigger deal isn't made of the fact that you made it to the Cap City FPIA semifinals, and then you also made it to the finals of the Austin Comedy Competition. Do you want to read my mind? I, I mean, you're new to the scene, so you may not have all this insight. I mean, I don't really. I, I didn't really think it was a big deal until you said something. <laughs> oh, and no. now I'm like, oh, I guess, I guess so. I guess I'm the only one to do that. Because some of the guys that made it in the finals of the Austin Comedy Competition, mm-hmm. they like didn't even make the first yeah. round of FPIA. Yeah. And then guys that made it all the way to FPIA, the finals, didn't make, even make the first round of the other competition. So it's weird how... It is weird. Those two... I don't really right? get... I don't even understand how that happens. <laughs> but I don't know. It's cool that I got far in both, but I didn't think much of it, yeah. honestly. <laughs> and now you're going to be thinking about, man... Yeah, I'm so in my head now. Honestly, <laughs> I am. Like, like, why? Do I deserve something? Do I deserve more of anything? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into it in a little bit, but um, I actually have an official icebreaker question. Oh, okay. And that is one word to describe your past. My past? Mm-hmm. Uh, boring. 
like not not a lot going on. <laughs> but you're from LA. Yeah, you're from not, the OC. Right. I like how you said that Orange County, Los Angeles. That's like two it's two different counties. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but it is that's kind of where I am from. I mean, when you're from not California, it's all the same. Yeah, pretty much. I get that. <laughs> but the the I say technically I'm from LA, but I'm like on the edge ah. of the county. Like near, like near Long Beach, but not in Long Beach, and it borders Orange County. Okay. And I have a lot of family that's from Orange County, so I'm in this weird, like brackish yeah. waters, of Cal, of like the yeah. both of those like areas. Uh huh. So it's like I don't not really, there's nothing, there much yeah. really. It's just suburbs, and it's like just boring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And so that's that's your your boring. Password. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Um, growing up, was comedy something that was a part of your life in any way, either TV, movies, family? Yeah, de- I mean, definitely. I watched a lot of TV as a kid. I remember Jim Carrey was the first, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't it wasn't a stand-up, it was his movies that I was really into. Yeah. And then uh, The Simpsons, I was just consumed by it, so I was obsessed with The Simpsons. Wow. I loved it so much. And then I think I got into stand-up maybe, like, in middle school. More so in middle school. It was all the Comedy Central presents. Like, yeah. I watched every single one. And then I think it wasn't until I got, like, in my 20s, I was like, oh, I want to do this. I think yeah. I can. Yeah. What was it that made it so obsessive for you in middle school that you wanted to watch every single Comedy Central special? I don't even know. I don't even think I understood the jokes. <laughs> I don't even think, like, some of it was so over my head. But I remember I watched, uh, I think it was, like, 7th or 8th grade, I watched Mike Birbiglia on his Comedy mm-hmm. Central, his 30. And he had this bit about, uh, I think it's like Wiffle Ball Tony, and it was like an allegory for George Bush. Huh. And I, when I made that connection in my head, I was like, oh, I, I felt like special. Like I was yeah. like, oh, I get what he's doing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's like a deeper thing yeah. comics are doing on stage. And I was like, oh, like, I don't know. Then I kind of understood jokes more. And I remember that was a big click in my head. Yeah. That's and was, always the thing, right? With yeah. comics. It's like you make the audience feel like they're the smartest person for figuring out what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Or saying what they're thinking yeah. in different ways. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I never thought of that. Like, that that yeah. stuff always got to me. And I think I just, I think I just liked attention. And oh. I was like, oh, I like the way they have attention. Yeah. I like the way they're performing. And I was like, I kind of want something like that. Yeah. And I think maybe that was part of it. I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll say that again. Having only watched you perform twice, you seem like a very shy, demure uh, personality. So tell me more about you wanting that attention. Oh yeah, I was like classic. Uh, again, in middle school and high school, I I, I wanted to be the cool kid, but I didn't want to try. Uh, like like I wanted everyone to like me, but I didn't want to talk to anybody. Okay. It's like I, I, I don't know. It was it was confusing for me because I was like very scared to talk to people, but I wanted to be like the cool, funny guy hmm. so much. But I had I had a small group of friends, and there I was like the funny guy in that yeah. in that group because I was like confident around them. But everyone else, like anyone who wasn't in that group, I was like just quiet around and yeah. just real timid to talk to. Yeah, and I'm still like that. Like I'm still <laughs> I'm still very like I don't need to. I don't know if I don't really yeah. know you. It's gonna be hard for me to start a conversation. And that's gotta be tough when you move from you know, your home to a brand new yeah. environment. Well, the comedy helps. I mean, the, the cool thing about, I think I moved here at the right time. It was June, 2021 and everyone else moved here too. Right. So everyone needed friends. Yeah. And just, true. and like needed to understand <laughs> the environment we're yeah. in. And it, everyone was like really nice at that time. Everyone was like really friendly and wanted to link up and like, uh-huh. You see someone do good at an open mic, you go up to them and talk. Like it was very communal at yeah. that time. 
I don't think it's like that as much anymore. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna have to dig into that. Yeah. Well, it's just <laughs> well now it's like it's that's like a year and a half ago. So like now a lot of friendships and a lot of cliques and a lot of things have been founded. Yeah. And there's like a there's a pattern now. There's a rhythm everyone's in. And anyone who's new jumping into it, you kind of get lost in it. Right. It's like oh, we, you got to prove yourself now. Right. Before it was like you didn't have to prove yourself. You just you just showed up in an open mic. People will talk to you. Mm-hmm. Now it's like ah, oh, you got to be around a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is sort of a good thing. Yeah. You kind of need that. Yeah. Did you start stand-up? Well, yes, you must have. But tell me about your start in stand-up and what finally actually pushed you to start stand-up. I think it was, um, I got really obsessed with podcasts. I got really into, I listened to Mark Maron a lot. And then, you know, Rogan and I think Burt Kreischer's. But I, listening to Maron and Rogan talk to guys about, like, the road and the lifestyle of it, I was like, it made it seem, like I romanticized it in my head a lot. Mm. And then Marin, the way he was like angry and sad, I was like, oh, I relate to this. And it's like, <laughs> really? if, if he can do that, I can do that. Like, I, I think I can do it too. Yeah. And that's what made me like think about it more. And then I started taking steps. And one of my buddies, Myron, he told me about this open mic in Long Beach that like his coworker went, went to or something. Uh-huh. It's like this coffee shop. And I was like, okay, I think that might be the one. And then, yeah, started there met a bunch of people. It was like the Long Beach comedy scene, and it was, uh, yeah, it was crazy. What but, was that first time like? Uh, not bad. Yeah? It was actually not bad. Yeah? I, f- I forgot all my jokes. <laughs> I left them in the car. <laughs> oh, no. Because I parked really far, and I had to run there, and I was, like, super nervous, and uh, I just forgot pretty much everything, and I riffed a lot of it, and it was, like, okay, and it was, like, maybe, like, six or seven, like, college students just, like, studying yeah. at this coffee shop. And it was, like, one guy, like, heckled me. I had, like, a return for it that was, like, okay. And it was, like, I got a laugh. So I, it was not a bad set. Yeah. And I, and I think I needed that just to continue. Because uh-huh. if it was, like, a, just a terrible bomb, I probably would have never continued doing oh, it. Oh, no. Yeah. But I remember, I think it was, like, the third or, third or fourth time, it was, like, a real bomb. Like, real, like, a complete silence. Mm-hmm. And it, like, hurt so much. I was, like, oh, this is, this is it. Like, this is, I'm going to have to do this a lot. Yeah. Oh, but at least you thought that way as opposed to, okay, that's it. It was a nice little experiment. Right. Well, I just think of like the help with podcasts because they were just, they, it, it's almost like, cause I, I always made fun of people that read comedy books. I was like, oh. well, why, do you, why are you reading those? Why, why are you doing? Then I realized like, oh, I listened to like, hour, like hundreds that's of true. hours of podcasts. You're just doing audio lessons. It's the same yeah, thing because they're, they're just talking about like when they started and yeah. like bombing and just eating it and hanging out and like the things you have to do. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's the things I have to do. It just takes time. That's a good point. I actually hadn't thought too much about it that you know you you can actually learn about the business of mm-hmm. comedy from from those podcasts. Yeah, at least the process. Yeah. Kill Tony too. Kill yeah. Tony was the big one cuz I remember I really wanted to do it, but when I listened to Kill Tony and hearing open micers for the first time, uh-huh. I was like, "Oh, that's the bar? Like that's how low it is? Like, okay, I can definitely uh-huh. do it." Yeah. I could definitely can at least try. Yeah. How far did you feel like you got when you were doing comedy? in long beach orange county um LA. i was really oh and, and actually let's go back when did when was that first open mic what year oh it was uh late 2016 october 2016 okay. all right it was like a week after my birthday and trump was like getting elected essentially okay. i remember the third time i did stand up was election night oh god the night he won oh my god yeah it was crazy oh yikes it was a trip it was, it was pretty it's pretty funny yeah. <laughs> especially in california yeah and it's such a weird like time to start doing comedy because I, I I remember doing a couple of mics before he got elected and people were doing Trump jokes mm. and it was like kind of it was like whatever and yeah. then 
after he won, it was like, way more Trump jokes mm. in the open mic scene, and it was exhausting. It was yeah. terrible. It was like most of my run in comedy, even like through the pandemic, it was just like Trump was the thing yeah. people talked about the most, and it made me just hate, hate it so much. I couldn't hear Trump impressions. I got so sick of it. Because your comedy is more like observational or what, you know, what things going on in your, mm-hmm. your life. Yeah, I don't really want to like talk, like, yeah, the president yeah. sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. every single one has. Like <laughs> right. I, I, I get, I get it. Like, yeah. What's there to talk about? Really. So now let's go back and so you started off in 2016. What happens up until June 21? Uh, so well, March 2020. Yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what happened? I think I was yeah I was doing open mics in like Long Beach and Orange County because I was I was afraid to go to LA. Yeah. Like, I was close to L.A., and I could have went, but I was, like, I was afraid. Like, I don't, I'm too new. I don't think I'm ready. And I think in hindsight, that was a good, that was yeah. a good move on my part because a lot of those guys that do start in L.A. kind of get swamped in the open mic scene and don't really get out yeah. as well. Yeah. And in Orange County, there's just so many open mics with people. Mm-hmm. Like, people will listen to, like, a lot of breweries, a lot of brewery shows and little brewery mics, and there's, like, a real audience there. And every time I went to L.A., it was just comics. And then I had to like pay to get on. Oh, it was yeah. just it was it was terrible. So I was like, well, let me just do this down here, in front of real people, and I'll try to get better that way. And I think I was a year in. A comedy club opened in Huntington Beach, and my friend who like started three months after me, he became like he started working there. Eventually became the manager. Oh wow! He brought me on, oh. and then I became the door guy. So it was like me and him, kind of were just running this club. <laughs> Wow. It was crazy, yeah. Wow. The guy that opened it was, like, uh, some dude who, like, features on the road for someone, and then he just, like, you know, he's on the road. He's mm-hmm. like, I can't, like, be here every weekend. So he got my buddy Kenny to, like, just sort of manage it without, like, the full title yet. Yeah. And then I was, like, one of the first door guys, and it was just me and him having this club. We're, like, <laughs> wow. about a year into comedy, and oh we're God. running a club. It's crazy. It's so... <laughs> it was stupid. It was real. I think about that all the time. It's like, how stupid was that? And I'm sorry to say this, but you're not exactly the most intimidating looking door guy. No. That I could imagine. No, not at all. No. No. <laughs> I had to learn to be like real tough with people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, people would heckle or just not want to see, you know, sit like near the stage. So I had to like really talk people into uh-huh. stuff. It taught me a lot of social skills. And yeah. Just to be rude to people. Like, <laughs> God, that was a wild time. Yeah. And I work, we worked there, you know, up until the pandemic. Like, huh. yeah, I got to just get guest spots early on, shows I shouldn't have been on, I was not ready for. <laughs> and eventually, you know, me and him just got better through that. And I, I got started doing hosting gigs there a lot and then doing longer sets on the weekends eventually over the course of a couple of years. And that was just a wild time. Yeah. It was like high school. We just ran a place. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. That is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. What's an example of uh, you getting a show that you don't think you were ready for, or guest spot that you, you weren't ready for? Oh, just like, just a lot. Of, like, I remember I, I did five minutes. Kyle Kinane came by. Uh-huh. And this was, I think, January 2018. Like a year a year and a half in, I think. And he, he came down. He did two shows. And I got a guest spot in the second show. And it's like a sold out. It's a pretty tight room. It was like 160 people in this small room. Okay. And I got to do five minutes. And it's just, I, I've listened back to that set not long ago. And it's just like, those jokes suck so much. <laughs> I did well. I did do well. Uh-huh. But looking back, I was like, man, they, they really threw me one. They really were just like, hey, yeah, you can do this. Yeah. I, was like, I didn't need to. Did you get any notes from, from Kyle? 
No. No. <laughs> no, he did not watch my set. Oh, okay. He did. I, I did the I did the thing like right before I went on. I was like, "Hey, man, I'm like a really big fan, a really uh-huh. big fan of yours." And he's like, "All right, cool." <laughs> and and then I remember I, I came I came off stage and he's coming out of the green room. He's like, "Oh, hey, man, good stuff," and gave me like kind of like oh, a lazy bad. fist bump. Yeah. But then a year later he came back again and then I got to host for him. Ah. And I remember like in my head, the guest spot, the five minute guest spot was like a big deal. And then when they were like, oh, you want to host for him? I was like, yeah, sure. I didn't like think about it much until like right before the show. I was like, oh, a year ago, I was like overwhelmed with this guest spot. I was like, now I get to host for him. I'm, I'm going to bring him on stage. That's cool. Yeah. And then, you know, after, you know, after a year, I've gotten much better. I did like a full set in front of him, full 10 minutes going on. I, remember, I was a door guy that night too. <laughs> So I sat Shack the whole room. Trains. Yeah, I sat the whole room. I sat a sold-out oh room, God. met every single person, <laughs> and then went up and was like, hey, guys, I did. I would always do the rules and be like, and your first comic is me. Like, <laughs> and I just had to start. That was crazy. That was a big learning experience, too. But he got to see me then, and then I, when I got off stage, he was just like, hey, that was really good, and they gave me like a oh, handshake. Like he, he's, he's a graduated great. from the Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. It was, it was nice. It was, that, was, that was like a big, anytime I felt really low in comedy, I think about that. I'm like, oh, he thought I was funny. He thought I had a good set that night, and I was like, That's, yeah. that means a lot. Yeah. He's a really nice guy, too. He's really cool. Yeah. So at that point, or by, by 2020, early 2020, what was, what was your thinking about you as a comic? Oh, man. And I, where you were going to go and what you were going to accomplish. And yeah. Like, beginning of 2020, right before March, I was over Orange County. I feel like I hit a ceiling. Hmm. Like, I was like, I was like a guy in the scene. There's, it's really easy to become the guy in the scene in Orange County. It's like... This, what does that mean? Like, you know, like, I did all the shows. I okay. did everything there. There's, okay. I, there's, only, there's only so many shows. I, do, I did all of them. Yeah. I, I'm like, I have a good rotation. I'm a guy at this club. Mm-hmm. I get to do, like, 15 minutes every Saturday on the late shows. I was like, there's nothing more here. And I was yeah. like, I need to go out. I need to go somewhere. And I started going to the comic store every Monday, go to sign up for Potluck, sign up for Kill Tony. I, would, um, I was thinking like, okay, now I need to start like going other places. Maybe do the road a little bit, go up Northern California, just yeah. check, check stuff out. But I really wanted to go to LA more. That was the main thing. I was like, I want to get in the store. I want to start that process, yeah. you know, that long 10-year process of trying to become a regular at the store. Yeah. And I actually got on Potluck two weeks before the pandemic started. Oh, God. Yeah. I I, I got on. I was, like, number seven. Uh I was, like, like in the middle of the list. It it was was dope. It was a good set. I was, like, a little under my time, but it was was good. Uh And, like, the whole, like, because the cool thing about Potluck, have you been to the comedy store? I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the cool thing about Potluck is all the, you know, there's, like, a couple rows that are, like, the actual people. But everyone who signed up, all the comics hang out in the back on the sides. So, like. You're, all, you're, like, auditioning for the club. You're trying to kill in front of these people, and you're, like, showing off to the scene. And luckily, I was like, oh, all these comics got to see me, and they saw me do well. And I was like, this is great. Yeah. This is good. And then the pandemic <laughs> happened, and I was like, fuck. I was like, uh, that, that was the beginning of the, the process, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And then when everything was closed down, I was like, I got I to gotta really make a move. Yeah. I got to do something. Because your like, identity at that point was fully, I'm, I'm comedy dude. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I don't know. I feel like everyone kind of went through this during the pandemic of like, who am I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I went through that too. Like, like, I don't know, around like April or May, I was just like, I was like do I need comedy? Do I need to do mm-hmm. this? Should I do this? And then as time went on, I was like, yeah, I do. Yeah, because yeah. I was like so depressed. I was so sad. Huh. It was a bummer. It was horrible. <laughs> Good now, though. I'm great yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> you seem, you know, together mm-hmm. and with it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, uh, March hits you're you're depressed you're 
going through an identity crisis and what do you like i mean california and new york were both very um conservative is not it's the word that i i use to describe they went like hardcore into yeah. safety measures mm-hmm. you know unlike the wild wild west of texas yeah uh, which is why we have this situation that we have uh, mm-hmm. with such an influx um and along with another high-profile person moving yeah, yeah, <laughs> to, that's a to big Austin. part of it. <laughs> um, but were you, did you feel like you could take advantage of, you know, the, the outdoor shows and, and those things to try to keep your... No, because, I don't know, in L.A., it was like, if, if you weren't something already, you're not getting anything. Huh. Like, all the cool outdoor shows, you're not getting any of it, unless you're, yeah. like, a guy. Yeah. And it, but you're a guy. Not enough. There were, well, in Orange County, I was a guy, uh-huh. but nothing was happening in Orange County. Got it. There was nothing. There was like, I think I did like one or two shows, and it was like a couple open mics were going on, and that yeah. was it. Hmm. And then in LA, I was like, no one knew me. I wasn't anything. Yeah. And it, so if I wanted to do stand up, I had to go to these parking lots hmm. or these parks or the beach yeah. and do these stupid fucking open mics. And sometimes I <laughs> pay like $5. $5 still jokes in the sand. It was crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny to hear you like, like diss on this because i mean a park a beach those sound really wonderful not for comedy <laughs> the sun's out it's, it's daytime how do you compete with the sun it's a star like literally it's, 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 it was oh, it was terrible and that and yeah Wait, I, I just can okay do so at this point 2020 you're you're in comedy for close to four years you're not producing shows you're not making stuff yeah that's a good point i, I, I just <laughs> I'm never that guy. I, I'm never like. There's some people that aren't. There's I some can't people do that it. just can't. Yeah. I can't do yeah. it. I produced one show out here, and it's uh, it was tough. <laughs> it was, it was, I was like, I didn't like it. I didn't like barking, uh, dealing with people, and yeah. barely getting paid. I was like, ah, this is not fun. <laughs> Let somebody else do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I don't have the brain for it. I'm not a business guy. Huh. I'm really bad at that. Yeah. I guess I could have done that then, but <laughs> it was, I don't know. I don't have that in me. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, how long before, well, we know that June 21 is the day you, you packed up your bags, but when did you decide, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go? March 2021, I visited. Ah. I visited for two weeks. So I was like, I got to check this out. I got to see what's going on. And what was, why? Is it because of? Oh, yeah, Rogan? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's all the, the he like pushed the first domino. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like when he went and then I heard a lot of other people going and I, I don't remember exactly who, I don't think I had talked to anyone that was there or anything, but I just, I kept hearing about it. Mm. There was talk about yeah. this place being the place and it's open and it's like in March, 2021 in California, everything's dead. Yeah. It's terrible. And so I was like, okay, I, I, I should at least check it out. I didn't know anybody. I went, got an Airbnb. I had a bunch of money saved up from like unemployment I was like, let me check it out. And it was just insane. I think March, March 2021, it was, it was the week that uh, Abbott's mask ban was lifted. Oh. It was like, it, it, he told all businesses, do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Like, that was that week, the first week oh of that. Gosh. And it was insane. Because I've just i been cooped up for a year. Yeah. For a whole year. I've been cooped up. It can't be around people. And I, and, and I literally, like, I, I got off the plane, went to my Airbnb, took an Uber to 6th Street. And I was like, what the fuck is it? I was terrified. <laughs> it was crazy. I went up at some of my, I did Shakespeare's open mic and it just bombed. I bombed so hard, but I was like, this is cool. 
and then I, it felt alive. It was so much fun, and I met people. And at that time too, everyone was like still hungry for friendships. Yeah. And I, I went around and met people. I, I got a spot on a bar show right before I left. Uh, Brittany Ledesma. She, before before I left, she was like, "Hey, next time you're in town, let me know. I'll get you. I'll get you a spot on the okay. show." And I was like, in my head, I was like, "Okay, that's two spots like guaranteed." I was like, that's something. Yeah. I'm already getting something here. And one more other thing that kind of convinced me, like, I should probably make the move, was everyone was white. I was like, oh, I stand out. Oh. I was like, I, I'm a little different than everyone else. You are a smart businessman. I guess that. Yeah. yeah I, I, I can recognize that. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I was like, ah, my comedy's not extravagant or anything yeah. that different. But I was like, oh, but I'm, I, have a little, I have a slightly different perspective than most of the comics we here. You do have a white issue. Yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. And it's like everywhere. It's fine. Whatever. But. Austin in general is mostly just white people. Yeah. <laughs> it's just how it is. I'm taking advantage of it. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I yeah. don't care. And I was like, that. I can stand out here. This will be, might be the best place huh. to do it. Had you considered any other scenes? I mean, I don't know what other scenes might have been as open as, as we are. Before the pandemic, I wanted to go to New York. Mm. I was thinking New York might be the place because I was always like, everyone says like that's like Mecca. Yeah. You just get up as much as you want yeah. and it's like a real comedy, like it really develops like really good comics. Yeah. Those are like my favorites are from New York. So I was like, I was thinking that. And then as the pandemic happened, I was like, oh, I can't afford yeah, New York. Yeah, it was even worse. Well, not only could you not afford it, but the comedy scene just may have been even worse than what was happening in California. Possibly, yeah. That's what I heard. And and Austin, was it was at the time, it was open. It was cheaper. And yeah. there's a lot of spots. Yeah. The last stage time, it was fun. I was doing like four or five mics a night, and I was like, I feel like a comic again. Yeah. And I was like, I, I, got, I have to be here. Yeah. This is what I've always wanted to do, huh. just a lot of comedy. And I was like, this is the best place for me. And none of your comedy friends? They couldn't do it. Along? No, they couldn't. Uh, that was a bummer. Before yeah. I, was, I had to say bye to a lot of my friends because they're just, they're in different places. Sure. You know, they have, they have obligations there, family, girlfriends, whatever. Yeah. And there's, yeah, it was kind of a bummer. But it was, it was you know, it is what it is. Yeah. They visit every now and then. That's just always great. That's good. I show them around, and I try to convince them, like, hey, man, just come here. Just move here. Just do it. Like, Uh, Okay. Let's let's do our little card break here. So this is from a card game called Where Should We Begin? Our uh, web guru, Richard Goodwin, uh, gifted me this card, and I've been using it in, in the middle of episodes. So you've got two cards in front of you. Pick one, and I will read it. To you, and you'll answer the open-ended question. Okay. All right. Oh, this is this should be good. A story I've told one too many times. Oh. <laughs> uh. I guess a story about my ex. I've told that so many times. <laughs> so many. It kind of relates to all this too. Yeah. Yeah, I I was dating a, a girl before I moved out here. Ah. We lived together, and she started dating. Well. We dated for a year, and then we broke up for a year, and then we got back together the oh beginning boy. of the pandemic. Oh, boy. <laughs> it was one of those. Yeah. <laughs> she hit me up, and I was thinking, like, I'm a little part of it. I mean, like, I did miss her, and I, was, I did really miss her, and I was yeah. like, oh, I could probably, like, have a second second chance. Yeah. And also, I was like, I think I need to be around someone for this. I think I need yeah. someone. So we got back together in the pandemic, and uh, we stayed together for a year. We were together while I visited. I came back, and I told her we were having this conversation over brunch, and I was like, I don't think... LA's it for me and she's like you want to move don't you and I was like yeah she's like I can't go hmm. and then we had like a two-week notice on our relationship which was crazy <laughs> that is weird. it was insane it that was insane so weird. it was a bummer it was so sad yeah but I was like I had to go and she's an artist too so she understood 
And um, but every time we got into bed, I was like, okay, this is one of the last times. This is one of the last times oh be next God. to. Oh my God! Oh, it was so brutal. It was, it was heavy. Because in that time that you got back together, you were like, yeah, this is this is solid. This is good. Yeah, this is good. I oh, mean, yeah. Man. I know, I know. And, um, and then when I she took me to the airport too. Oh, oh God. Jason! It was brutal. It was brutal. <laughs> it's it's heavy. It's heavy. <laughs> it's La La Land. Really, it's that movie. And. Uh, but when I got to Texas, and we, we stayed cool, like we were both supportive of each other, and, and I remember we were talking on FaceTime, it was like my third day in, in town, and we were like, let's do long distance, let's try it, let's try this. Yeah. So we, we tried to do it, we, um, we stayed together for a couple months, and then in August, she was going to come visit uh, before she like, before the lease was up, to officially move here, she just come visit, check out the town, we haven't seen each other, have a weekend together. Yeah. And then two days before she came and visit, she FaceTimed me, and she told me she got a job for burger records making art for like these indie artists and she has to stay in california for it this is two days before she was coming visit and i was like oh shit i was like so it's over she's like yeah and it's like so we had this one last weekend together in austin God. and it was a great time it was a great weekend yeah. it was a great weekend and we, we you know we were, we were together it was, it was fun and then we were really honest with each other I remember we had an argument at one point which is kind of like ridiculous honestly it's like we're, we're breaking up yeah. it's, it's already almost, it's over why are we arguing about anything we had a quick argument and it settled, and then we were just—it was like one of those where you're like, then you're very honest with each other. Uh-huh. And she was telling me because I, I remember when we Facetime, when we first Facetime to like confirm long distance. I told her I was like, "Hey, you know, comedy's coming first. Like, I moved here for a reason. Yeah, I did intend to leave you to do comedy, so it's like that's the taking the the first priority." And she was like, oh, "Yeah, for sure, definitely." And then after our argument when she was here. She was like, you know what? When you said that, I didn't like it. I was oh. like, oh. I was like, well, thank you for being honest now. Yeah. Because now it's like over. Thank you for being real. Because if you did move here and then I'm putting comedy before you, it's not gonna. It, w- it would just be horrible. Right. Like you moved to this town you don't like, and uh, you don't. Yeah. You're away from everyone, and now I'm like not even in your life that much. Like yeah. it'd been awful. And th- that was like a great conversation we had. We were very honest, and then it was like a good send off. Yeah. And yeah, that was it. That was the end well, of it. I I was I watched the the your episode with the on the William Montgomery show, and mm-hmm. I usually don't ask somebody to tell their joke, but he asked you to tell your gaslighting joke, and uh, I'm not going to yeah. ask you to tell it because it's so good and mm-hmm. should be enjoyed, you know, fresh by anybody who hasn't seen you live. Is she the origin, or is that just? Yeah, in a way. Yeah, I mean that joke is just like kind of like a. Uh, like a pretend, like just it's like more of a shock joke, if yeah, anything. Yeah. But yeah, she's the one who taught me about gaslighting, <laughs> and it was very much in my head. Yeah. Like she, yeah. And like those dynamics of of men and women. She's definitely like anytime I have a joke about relationships, she's uh-huh. like the, the origin of it all. Yeah. Like she's like taught me a lot about that. Uh-huh. Called me out on shit and stuff. And I was just like, okay. so yeah, in a way, she's definitely called me out on gaslighting. So yeah, yeah, I guess she is the reason that joke exists. <laughs> Well, she sounds like a great person. I'm sorry that, you know. You ah, it's fine. <laughs> We're all good now. This is like a long time ago anyway. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, she's killing it. She's good. She's yeah. like. Sounds like a cool gig she got. She's 100. Yeah, she's yeah. good. She's on her own. She makes art and she sells it and she like has her own apartment. So she's like, she's making it. Yeah. She's, she's winning. Yeah, in she's LA, good. if you can have your own apartment, that's. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So your girlfriend is somebody you tell a lot of stories about. Let's see what I have to answer. I've forgotten how to. Oh, my God. Everything. I'm old. Really? How old are you? I'm not going to say that. Okay. You don't ask. You're on a podcast. I know. No one's even looking at you. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know, but everybody who knows me, I no, I don't tell my age. Um, uh, well, if you ask my son, it's I forgot how to have fun, and yet mm. I'm all into this comedy scene. So. You seem fun. You got a card game going on. I know, right? Chocolates and Harry Potter yeah. and you, you, I. So I, <laughs> this candle, you probably have no idea what the hell this is. Yeah, who is. is that? Okay, so this is the queen, LaShonda Lester, who, if you want to know anything about the history of Austin comedy, you have to know oh, LaShonda Lester. I know her, yeah. She won the 2017, I think it was 17, God, I should have, I should know this by heart, 2017 Funniest Person in Austin. She, at the time, was uh, struggling with medical bills because she... Um, had to go through dialysis on a regular basis we lost her suddenly like after she had won and a lot of people from the classic comedy scene in austin will often like say lashonda would have not liked this or would have liked this or Mm -hmm. you know would have said this um she was basically the kind of person that would just tell you you're you're fucking up wow get your shit straight oh wow and she was maternal in that way oh that's awesome so yeah Damn, what a loss. So, yeah, now I am starting to bring this out, especially with new comics, because I want new comics Mm -hmm. to know that, A, we had a comedy scene before Rogan showed up, Mm -hmm. and B, to know some of, like, the big characters in in the scene before. Wow, what a trip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I've heard heard legend about her. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely a a legend. Uh, And obviously with... She gets a candle. <laughs> That's great. Where'd you find that? Um, Did you make it? No, no, no. There's a place called uh, Blue Genie Art Bazaar. Mm-hmm. It's near the ACC campus that's up by Highland mm-hmm. area. And every year around Christmas time, they have like local artists sell their stuff for Halloween or Halloween Christmas. And this company, Illuminadol, they do these custom candles so you find everything from superhero characters uh but every once in a while they'll do like a hyper local that's awesome uh, person so that's she, really cool yeah so that adds to the i respect coolness. that yeah that's nice yeah Good so there you go forgot how to have fun <laughs> you seem fun thank you you seem like a fun person <laughs> yeah like all these knickknacks lying around i know right with oh stories God. behind them and stuff yeah pretty much yeah it is kind of chaotic in here. Okay, let's get back to uh, to Jason. Uh, okay, so you have a really successful like visit when you come mm-hmm. come to Austin, and then when you f- officially move, what's your first couple of weeks like? Real rough, real rough. Because the visit was like it's a visit. You're yeah. on vacation. You're having fun. You're screwing. You're just goofing off. Yeah. And then when I moved here, I was like, I need. A, I need money. I need mm. a job, and it was, it was, it was pretty intense, and it was, it was definitely less fun, but it was more wild. And honestly, like at that time, it was, you know, right after the vaccines were like everywhere, mm-hmm. and right before Delta, the first variant, and like it felt over. It felt like a big party. It was Pride yeah. Month. It was insane. Uh. It was wild. I partied so much when I moved here. <laughs> it, I partied way too much. I, I had to like course correct myself so many times, yeah. like. And it, it, it did, it was like definitely a grind. It was definitely a grind because I was like, oh, I had to restart. Yeah. I had to restart two things. Like I had to like relearn how to do comedy because I wasn't like in it for like mm-hmm. a year and a half. And then I had to 
just show off to to everyone. I had to prove myself to everybody, and it was real tough. It's real hard on the ego, like especially like I've seen guys that were like, you know, feature level comics, like working at a club back home before the pandemic, and then they moved here, and it's like they don't want to do mics again. Yeah, they don't they don't want to go through it, and so they kind of just like get whatever shows they do, and then just kind of hang in the background a lot. And I saw that, and I, I was like, "Well, I need to do the mics. Like, I'm not. Any, I already knew I was nothing. Yeah. You know, you know, back home, I was just like a guy who worked at a club and got spots there, but I wasn't anything in LA, like the big real scene. Right. So I knew I was like, I gotta show off. I gotta prove myself. And it, it took a lot of work. It wasn't until Kill Tony that like everyone like knew who I was. Yeah. And that helped me so much. Yeah. That helped a lot. So what I noticed from watching that. Uh, by the way, if you if we go to your YouTube channel, you can see the joke and you can see mm-hmm. the, the gaslighting joke yeah. um, there as well. But what I'm always interested in from Kill Tony clips is I want to know about the interview. I want to watch the interview after. Right. And you, you have it clipped. Mm-hmm. So how was the interview? The interview was funny because I, uh, I, I talked about, yeah, moving here. I talked about having a girlfriend. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, I have this girlfriend. <laughs> we were long distance. And then Tony like made a joke about that. Like, oh, good luck. And with that. And then I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then the episode came out two weeks later. And then later that week is the conversation I had with oh. her. Where it was like, oh, I got a job in California. And I was like, wow. <laughs> it was crazy. Like, it, the, the episode came out where I'm like, yeah, this girl back in California. I love uh-huh. her. Uh. And then it's like, it, it's over. <laughs> it it yeah. ended. By the time it came out, the relationship was over. It's, yeah. it's hilarious. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it was, uh, that was wild. And, and I, I used to religiously listen to Kill Tony. And I, I figured out, like, he's. He seems really, really mean to the the comics, but if you if you kind of get get past the and a lot of it is just his tone of voice and the way he speaks. Mm-hmm. But if you actually listen to his words, he is actually trying to coach people. What kind of uh, interaction were you having with him? Was he like coaching you? Was he like, dude, you're great? Uh, I saw the way your your clip is. I think it's David Lucas, mm-hmm. right? He's in the background. He's kind of stone faced, so you can't read anything from him. But yeah. I couldn't see Tony or Red Band, right? So what kind? What flavor of Tony did you get after? He was all positive. Yeah, very positive. I mean, like there was like roasts and stuff, but it was like nothing bad. He said like James Franco, which is like not. <laughs> He said, he's like, James Franco without the allegations or something like that. And I was like, that's, yeah, it's a good thing to be. Like, yeah. it, nothing was really bad at all. Yeah. And um, I think he was a little annoyed because I, I don't really have, like, hobbies or anything like that. Mm. I don't have much of a, that's what I've always been afraid of for the interview with Kill Tony is to, like, talk yeah. about myself. Yeah. I was like, it's not, I do comedy. It's, like, about yeah. it. I'm kind of boring. Like, yeah. And, but the girlfriend thing, he, like, harped on that a lot. And yeah. that was fun. But it was all, nothing was really negative yeah. at all. And that's what helped a lot, I feel like. Because, like, getting off in the whole scene, seeing that is like, okay, that's great. Yeah. This guy has jokes. Yeah. Because before, for, like, a month, I'm just a guy at open mics. And then I go up in front of, like, a real audience. And, yeah. like, I got big laughs. And I was mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, that's, that's what you need to show off with. Right, right. It helps. So did you get the, the Kill Tony bump after that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you get picked for the secret show? Nope, or? did oh, not. Damn it. Did not. <laughs> got a little chip on my shoulder yeah. for that one, <laughs> which is fine. At this point, it really doesn't matter, but for a long time, I was like holding a grudge. I was yeah. like, why didn't I get secret yeah. show? But it's like, yeah, whatever. So what are some of the cool shows that you've you've gotten to do? Uh, 
I think a lot of them. I got the Filthy Show is always a wild one at Creek in the Caves. Adam Lucky's that one's dope. Yeah. I just did. I just hosted a Cap this weekend. Really? That's yeah. awesome. It was ah, it was my first time working with that club, and it was ah, it was great. Yeah. They run it. They run a tight ship. It was yes. so much. It was the Red Room upstairs. Tiny, tiny little room. Tiny stage. People yeah. were right on top of you. Oh God, I I loved it so much. <laughs> That's like been probably like the the highest achievement I feel like I've earned in this town. Like a it's, real. It's a, a big deal. A real weekend at a club is is dope. Yeah. It is great. Yeah. And so, history lesson. So, Cap City has, like, you know, 30-plus year history, but you've got Creek, who showed up in early 21. Mm -hmm. You've got Vulcan, that showed up, you know, in in the mayhem of Mm -hmm. of the Wild Wild West. Velveeta Room, a smaller room. So, you have, you know, this varied history. Um, And it was, Cap City was officially, like, shut down until Mm -hmm. Helium bought them. And when they came back, it was kind of, uncertain what they would come back to because the scene had changed so much with the Creek and the Vulcan mm-hmm. uh, or Big Laugh. And it's kind of interesting to see like this new guard yeah. of, of comics get to see what that club is like mm-hmm. and what it's like to run the tight ship. And Yeah, well, this is like a real like franchise club. This is a real yeah, deal. You get yeah. the big headliners there, big showroom. Yeah. It's like it's it's the real stuff. Yeah. Where Creek was like more of like the comics playhouse, mm-hmm. which is like the safe place for you to yeah. get into some debauchery and do some crazy yeah. stuff on stage. And then Vulcan is like pretty much Rogan's home yeah. right now. So yeah, it, just different vibes. Yeah. Just real different vibes. And then Cap is like the place now. Yeah. I feel like it's like the real deal. You get normal people. It's like almost like doing the road kind of. Yeah. Like just actual people are there. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that uh, as a semifinalist in FPIA, because that's why you got noticed, is as a, as a finalist, you got noticed enough that they invited you to, yeah. to host. Because that's a trial run, and if you did great, then mm-hmm. you're going to get other opportunities. Yeah, I mean, that was like the whole point of the contest, yeah. really. Yeah. I, I mean, it was like, I, was like, I, I knew, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to win. But if I can get like a hosting, if I can get any kind of work, yeah. that's all I want. Yeah. That's, that's winning to me. Yeah. And I'm glad I'm getting that. Hopefully it becomes a regular thing. I get right. in their rotation. That'd be great. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, with all these clubs, you could be a door guy again. <laughs> it's possible. It's, I thought about it, you know. A lot of the open micers, all of us were all talking about like, who's the door guys at Rogan's Club? Because it's like... You know, you got the booker from the store who's going to work there. You got mm-hmm. the guy who managed the store is going to work there. Rogan is a store guy. It's like, yeah. this is, might be the our store kind of place. Yeah. And it's like, who's going to be the door guys? And it's like, I don't know if I want to do I, 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 I can't say no. I can't say no to anything. But it's just like, ah, do I want that life again? But there's other other doors for you to be the door guy at. True, true. You got Cap. You got Velveeta. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you can't touch Velveeta. Their, their door <laughs> guy is an institution. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. That guy, Michael. yeah. Yeah, he's the greatest. Uh, Creek, mm-hmm. I don't know about their door guy. Creek, I, I actually, I tried to be a door guy there. Oh, yeah. And they were like, actually, we're not hiring comics anymore. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Which is like a common thing now. Like Other clubs yeah. are just like, yeah, we don't, uh, uh, you guys are just hanging out too much and <laughs> wanting to meet the headliners and partying and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. how you, sorry to lay some business speak, but that's how you pay them a little bit less because you know they're getting some access. True, true. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm so happy for you. Okay. So now we're, we can get into this. You, you made the semis of FPIA. 
and what was that? Because was that your ever first competition? Yeah. And yeah, definitely. I think so. Uh, did you having worked at, at your your club that had 160 mm-hmm. seats, and now you've got this room that has 300 plus seats? Maybe they weren't all filled, but uh, how was that experience? To it was cool. I mean, I was like. Coming up, like, that's pretty much where I started was, like, this normal club, which is normal-ass Huntington Beach people, <laughs> just average people. And I was like, okay, I know how to work those audiences pretty well, so yeah. the cap wasn't super intimidating. Yeah. And that first round, I was, like, pretty present. I was really in the pocket. I went on second. It was, it was great. It was great. Yeah. And in the second round, I was more nervous. Hmm. I was definitely more nervous, and I was a little more – I wasn't as present as I wanted to be. My rhythm was a little different. Yeah. The timing was off, and I was thinking too much about like the light where it was, and like uh, uh, it was it was a lot. I was more in my head the second round, yeah. which is I, I kind of kick myself for, but it was still like I remember that first one. I was like, oh, this is awesome! Like yeah. the big room. This is it's so it's so cool. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and then in the middle of that, uh, I guess it's it's Vulcan, right? That Randy kind of secretly ran it. I don't know what the story is. The other competition? I, yeah. The yeah. Austin Comedy Competition. It was as Adam Lucky and a couple other like big producers in town. Yeah. And it was the cool thing about that one was it, it was at different venues oh, each round. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. The first was in Creek and then I think the second was in uh the ballroom. So it used okay. to used to be Spider House. Mm-hmm. And then the third was back at Creek and then the end was Vulcan. Yeah. And I thought that was cool to see cuz it was like, "Oh, now you're getting different audiences." Yeah. Because a Creek audience is different from a Vulcan audience, and they're both different from a Spider House audience. Because mm-hmm. you're getting, like, college kids and hipper people there yeah. a- a- alongside, like, Vulcan, which is, like, tourists and, like, just younger younger people. Maybe yeah. they got more money. It's just different. Yeah. It's a different crowd. It was, it was, it was fun. Yeah. It was, that was a cool experience. So that's almost a, a bigger challenge because you've got you've to impress the you know, those different audiences. Yeah, yeah. You got to kill for different people. And I thought that was, that would made it more interesting. And how many times did you go out before the finals night? What do you mean? Like, how many wh- rounds? How, yeah, how many rounds? I think there was three rounds before the finals. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was split up. It was like, it was a longer contest than the other one. And each one was judged differently too, huh. which I thought was interesting. The first one is like, I remember the first round, which I didn't know until I think Sam, you know Sam Castillo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was on before me. He was uh-huh. the first comic. I was the second, and he he does his set. It's like four minutes. He and he starts walking off stage. He's like coming at me through Creek through that curtain, uh-huh. and then I see Lucas, the host. He pulls him back. He's like, oh wait, and then they, and he goes back on, and then the judges are like deconstructing his set oh, yeah. to his face, and I'm like oh fuck that is so weird i was like oh i don't like i don't like that oh man i didn't and i was like and for me i was like okay i got to this like at that time i got to the semifinals already in Uh fpia and i was like oh this i i kind of forgot about this competition i was like oh man okay i I guess i'll just do whatever i want and i was like i don't really want to do like the a set let me do like a little bit newer stuff i want to work on Uh that that i'm more excited about and like after seeing, like after learning what's going to happen, I'm going to get talked to after. I'm uh-huh. like, oh fuck. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm not changing anything. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go do it, have fun. And, yeah. and that, that helped me more. Yeah. That helped me so much more. And then, you know, they talked to me. It was all good things. And it was, uh, that was wild. And then I remember the second round was like, you go up against another comic and it, people clap for their oh, favorite. Really? So it was like two pairs. Oh my God. It was insane. It's brutal. It was brutal. It was brutal. <laughs> that was like the most brutal one. And the third one, and then I think after that, it was like, think audience clapping or like judges each one was different and i thought that was cool too yeah 
It was interesting. Instead of just like silent judges at Cap City, just like well, and they, I mean, at least they also recognized that they couldn't do it the same way as Cap City because, especially by doing it at the same time as the Cap City contest, yeah, mm-hmm. you kind of get into some, I don't know, ethical territory. If right. You're gonna, exactly copy the cap city model oh of course fpia has been going on for 30 plus years right i I like how it's two different kind of things too because fbi was more like oh it's industry based they're the ones that are like kind of deciding who's winning and then uh the other one was like the crowd yeah it's just the crowd the finals was judged like you can every piece of paper like every table had a piece of paper and you can only write down one comic you liked yeah and i and i thought that was crazy i was like that's kind of a cool way to vote that's a really cool way to do it yeah so I liked how it was, it was two different sides of it. Yeah. And the 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 people versus the the inter like the, the the industry. Yeah. Yeah. The men, you know. Yeah. Wow. The man. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that is one thing I did not love about the Cap City the prelim rounds that you had to, you know, tabulate. You had to write down this ballot of up to fifteen comics, and you couldn't make a mistake. And it's oh, like, yeah. just just have people do the top three. Because that's going to work out. True. That but is anyway, hard to they remember. Don't ask me. They don't also, ask me. It must be hard to remember all the comics at the end yes. of the night. Like, oh, especially if you've been drinking. You're just like, ah. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was worried about mm-hmm. is you got some drunk table and they're just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Makes it kind of fun. <laughs> I, uh, I told you at the, at the beginning that I'm a mathematician and very analytical. Mm. After the first night of prelims where I just felt like I can't do this ballot. I legit created a Google Sheet for myself with the the, <laughs> the competitors. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it was really bad, outrageous behavior on my part. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Know my secrets. Um, is there uh, anything you want to know about the Austin comedy history? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've, I've learned a lot. The, the old scene kind of took me in. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm part of it a little bit. And uh, I guess one thing, I, one thing I've learned and noticed about them is there, it is like an alternative kind of comedy they do. Mm-hmm. It's not like just standard, just like set up punch jokes, got right. this bit about this thing, got this chunk. They'll do more experimental stuff. Yeah. And they'll do more, it's more like performance over writing, I've noticed. Sometimes they just do funny voices. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a weird trend that's going on. And then <laughs> I, I, I went the, one of the features this weekend. He was an old Austin guy. I think it was Mac Blake. Uh-huh. And I was oh like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, are people getting it from you? Like, were you one of the guys? That, <laughs> he like, was one of the guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I can tell because he's like an FPIA winner. Uh-huh. And I was thinking like, oh, this is like it's been going on for a while. Like Austin's yeah. been weird. Yeah. And, and I always thought that was interesting. I've, is that any of that right? Am yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you have uh, Mac Blake, who's kind of that weird, but he's also like super improv experience. So I think that comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, some alumni of the Austin scene are like Martin Urbano, who's like super, super weird, experimental. He's up in New York now. Um, and yeah, why can't I think of of other weirdos? Well, this several people that have left Austin mm-hmm. uh, to, to live elsewhere. But what I've heard recently is that now there's a whole bunch of Casey Rocket imitators. The people are trying to like match his energy and wildness. And I'm like, you cannot do that. In Austin? There's, there's... That's what I've heard. I don't know. I don't, I don't, know. Think, I don't think I've seen any. Okay. I can't think. Of, maybe, like, I don't know, because I don't, I don't, there's just so many new open micers I don't know. Yeah. 
I can't, I can't tell you. I don't, yeah. not sure. There's, there's other imitators of other people. Yeah. Uh, definitely. <laughs> like, there's definitely a, a small ecosystem that grew, and I've noticed a lot of people kind of do the same things. Yeah. I mean, there's like Hans imitators for sure. Uh. People that were doing short jokes and being shocking. Huh. That was like a big thing when I first moved here, and everyone was yeah. doing it. I started doing it a little bit too. I mean, the gaslighting joke is kind of like part of that as yeah. well. But it, there's still a weirdness lingering on. Like, there's a couple Creek guys that are like, that aren't conventional, yeah. that do like regular set up punch stuff. Even like, oh, Casey Rocket as well. That's super weird. Yeah. He's very weird. Yeah. So, like, the, the weirdness still stays. There's like a, there's something about this place yeah. that provokes that. I think that's why he's had a level of success is because the old people, old people, the classic, you know, pre pandemic Austin is like, oh, this reminds us of, you know, some of the thing, cool things we would see before the pandemic. Oh, I bet, and yeah. And then, you know, all the new people, they just love his energy. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, he's his, super unique and weird. And I yeah. love it. And there's a super great guy. Yeah. Great, great oh, yeah. fucking guy. Yeah. His, uh, I interviewed him a couple months ago before the competition, and I had never seen him live. And that finals night was my first time, and I'm so happy that's how it worked out. Yeah. Because seeing him up there was like, oh, my God, this is the best. Oh, it's it's a, it's a whole experience. Yeah. After, especially after seeing him a lot, uh-huh. and like now he's like a buddy of mine. Whenever I watch shows, I just watch people in the crowd of like them not getting it. Yeah. <laughs> and then slowly just dying. Yeah. Just slow, it just, it's, it's the best thing yeah. to see. Yeah, it is. Um, but... As a, as a general rule, don't copy other people. Be yourself. So yeah, yeah. Be <laughs> okay. inspired, but that's about yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Let's let's go back and talk uh, more about Jason. And um, so we de- we've we've declared that you're you're not the producer show kind of guy. Mm-mm. You just want to be booked on shows. Yeah. And make your. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do any of the hard work. <laughs> I just want to tell jokes. <laughs> Well, there's other people that are willing to do the hard work. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it can all work as an ecosystem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I'll take it. Yeah. Have you gone back to L.A. since L.A. has, or not L.A., but, you know, every, California since? I, I, I went back home, and uh, I went back to the club I used to work at, the rec room. I, I went back there. Uh, I haven't really done L.A. Yeah. I, every time I've gone back, it's either like I'm hanging out with family. I do a couple spots. That's about it. Yeah. I'm kind of in and out. Yeah. And it's just, so I don't really know LA. I, I've, everyone I talk to is just like, they don't say the best things. Mm. It just doesn't sound as fun yeah. as it used I to mean, be. I mean, it's almost like this giant vacuum of talent left. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's obviously still True. talent there, but you know, you have a big name, a couple big names mm-hmm. that leave. Um, but I yeah, don't know. things changed. Things changed there. How did you feel doing the mics with the experience that you had built up for yourself by performing as often as you you did here? Like going back there yeah. and doing stuff. Yeah, it felt great. Yeah. I mean, I felt like just much more leveled up. Yeah. Like I could just feel it. I could feel it on me. Like the confidence is different. Like yeah. er- everything, honestly. Yeah. That's the best thing about this place is like you can just get up so much. Yeah. I was kind of confused by people that like came here and started, but I was like. Might be the best place to do it because it's like you can get up easily. Yeah, you can get good pretty quick here. It's crazy mm-hmm. the number of mics. I mean, before pandemic, uh, so our our calendar, our events page started in December of 2019. It was very manageable. Like I could do the entries. People could write me and say, "Hey, I've got a, a new mic starting," and I'd enter it for them. Uh, and then the pandemic happened. I'm like, "Well, I guess there goes our events page." 
And then people started showing up and all these new mics showed up. And some people don't submit to us, which I don't understand, but whatever. So we're not even like, we're probably 90% of the available shows and mics Mm -hmm. that are out there. And I'm just like, I had to tell Richard, we both agreed. I can't. I have a full-time job. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a parent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't. I can't do people's submissions and entries it's just too much it's it's crazy yeah it's a lot it's like at least three or four mics a night yeah. possibly yeah around there that's like average that's nuts mm-hmm. there was more it kind of it got less lately yeah there's some kind of mm-hmm. weeding out of yeah that just happens yeah. some venues get sick of it they're just like i don't yeah we're done with these people they, yeah <laughs> they buy one or two drinks and that's it it's not enough yeah like, yeah but a lot of bar shows a lot of yeah. this indie shows there's so many yeah so many they all pay too it's amazing yeah, that's wild. it's amazing <laughs> you make money out here it's, it's crazy it's this is perfect i don't know it's like we're in a good spot right now yeah and i think next year is going to be even more next year is going to be crazy yeah we're just the, all the other clubs are going to open it's going to be what do you mean all the other isn't there just one or are there others being talked about there's others being talked about okay well spill the tea because i okay well once i can definitely well i mean like rogan's is happening yeah. it's like actually like you can see it yeah. now and then there's another one on 6th Street. Uh, you, you know the Sunset Sunset Room? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, they're opening a venue now uh. on 6th Street, like above Voodoo Donuts or some shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, something like that. And it, so they're opening a, a room. I think it's like a 120-seater. Huh. Is the old parish. Yeah, yeah. So that's coming. And then I heard of another club that's coming on 6th Street as oh well. Gosh. That was like, used to be a music venue, and now they're going to try to do comedy on some nights. Yeah, and that's, I heard that's going to be legit. So you're going to have like five, six clubs on 6th Street, you know, and then the creek around the corner. It's just yeah. like, it, it's insane. Wow. Yeah. And then once Rogan's opens and then these other clubs open, all the other rooms that do comedy, they need to step up. Yeah. They need to go, you know, Cap, Cap is fine. Cap's doing great. Yeah. But like, you know, say like the Spider House Ballroom, it's just like, oh, they might start doing way more comedy. Yeah. Because now, now this could be like a comedy tourist destination. Right. So that, I think that's why I think 2023 is going to be like the what we all thought when we moved here was going to be. Yeah. It's actually going to happen now. Wow. That's it. I mean, just be, I'm being wishful, you know. Yeah. I don't, you don't, you never know. <laughs> Nothing's guaranteed, but I, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, so I want to ask you, do you think that uh, with a couple of more years under your belt that you would still stay in Austin or do you think you I would have go? to? I have to. I, I just think it's, this is, will, be, will be the place for me for like maybe two, mm-hmm. three more years. And then I'll decide. I always thought, like, I'm going to go back to California to be with my family. Yeah. And just hack it out in L.A. And every time I've been back there, it just it doesn't feel the same to me. Yeah. It's like I want to do, like, a lot of comedy. So it's like, I might go to New York. Yeah. That might be the move. Yeah. But definitely I want to get a foundation here. I want to get, like, all, as much as I can out of this place. Yeah. I want to make a name for myself here. Definitely. Yeah. And I think I think it's very possible for a lot of us to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, going back to the, I don't know why a bigger deal isn't made of it. You appealed to two very different audiences by advancing the way that you did with two very different competitions. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think the magic formula for a lot of comics is if you can appeal to a wide variety of audiences, then that's that's part of your golden ticket. True. Yeah. So kudos thank you i appreciate it i never thought of it like that yeah. <laughs> so i was like oh yeah i'm kind of good yeah i'm not bad 
Tell your friends. Yeah. Tell your mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to start winding down. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? Oh, we talked a lot, a lot I feel did. like. Yeah, like the whole career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, no, I don't really know. Anything else you need to know about me or want to know? I, no, I don't think so. Uh, let's go. Let, I, I'm going to pick for my grab bag of, of questions here. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you love about being a performer? Hmm. The validation, hmm. I think. A lot of comics like want to say like, "Oh, I, I I like making people laugh. I like doing it." I just, <laughs> no, I just I I, I like pe- people telling me I'm good at something. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's well. Is that validation is. coming from the audience or from your peers? Both. You need others. both. Yeah. You definitely need both. Cause like, yeah, I I have friends like that's that's that like tell me I'm yeah. good and like. Other people, people that aren't even like super close to me, but like other comics, having the respect of other comics is something you definitely need. Yeah. You need that just as much as you need to make people laugh, yeah. I feel like, and get that respect too. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I like the validation from both ends because I never really like did anything. I was always afraid to do stuff mm. growing up and I just never really tried. And this is the first thing I actually like tried and wanted to do more and wanted like and failed and wanted to keep doing it. So I think I mostly do comedy just out of like, this is the thing I do. Like this is this is what I'm good at. Like yeah. this is this is the only thing. Like, yeah. So that's part. That's the 100 percent reason yeah. I, like, I like doing comedy. Yeah. Is, well, you know, people, people who find their thing early in their lives are are lucky. Yeah. Sometimes I mean, there's ups and downs, of course. But mm-hmm. It did take me a while. I didn't start till I was like 24. Yeah. Oh my god, stop. That's a good minute. That's a good minute. I get people at nineteen like figuring yeah, out, figuring things out. True. You know, people my age have kids and and shit. You know, yeah. they have families if they they're normal. Like, all right. And then on the flip side, uh, what do you not like about being a performer? The business, <laughs> the business of it. Being nice to people you don't really want to. Mm. The social aspect bothers me a lot because I'm not a social guy. Uh. And that was always, that was a bit hard hump to get over, especially yeah. when I moved here and everyone's hanging out. And then when I kind of got over partying, because for me to hang out at like Creek or just any, of these, any of these places, I have to drink because yeah. I just, I can't, I'm, I get too anxious and in my head. So I have to have something to drink. And then now I'm, I don't drink as much. I, I will like on the weekends or something, but like for the most part, like I don't really feel like drinking and I just, I can't hang. I just yeah. can't do it. I just leave. I, I go up and just leave or if I'm not performing I'm not gonna go like I, why would I hang out somewhere yeah it, it feels weird that's one aspect I don't like but that's a part of the thing like you can get past that like yeah. at one point you don't need to just be a guy hanging out at the club right you can just be the performer and I think that's kind of where I'm getting at right now and like I don't need to hang which is great like I don't <laughs> I don't always like it it's hard for yeah. me yeah yeah I mean that the the irony of the fact that so many comics, and I, I don't mean to generalize about all comics, but so many comics come into this with so much social anxiety. Yeah. And then they put themselves in this situation where you have to be social because that's part of the business. It and is. that's part of, you know. Yeah, the hang. You got to do the hang. Yeah. Network or whatever, but it's like, yeah. you got to hang. Yeah. You, ha- you have to do it, especially when you're first starting. Because you learn a lot. You learn a lot, too. Yeah. And you have to make friends. Yeah. You have to make friends. But luckily, there's, like, so many different kinds of people that do comedy. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy to find people that you vibe with. Yeah. Especially if you're, like, an anxious guy, that you'll just find other anxious people. Or you'll link up with someone. I always end up having friends that are, like, really extroverted. And we pair up so well. Yeah. Because they, they can talk, and I'll listen, and I'll make them laugh, like, 
slowly, but like you know, in, in certain parts. But it's yeah. always like a good, good combo. Yeah. yeah. Extroverted, introverted people. Yeah, that's a good, good combo. That is a good combo. Uh, okay. Well, Jason, we have reached the moment with my closing question. Okay. One word to describe your future. Uh, one word. Exciting? <laughs> not boring? I wanted to say not boring, but I was like, that's two words. <laughs> you could do that. It's not like there's a rule book to this. Okay, not boring. <laughs> not boring anymore. <laughs> that's great. Okay. Well, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham! Presents Jason Rodriguez. Awesome. Tell us where we can find you on social media and promote any projects. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, Instagram, like everything, uh, Jason underscore Smation, S-M-A-Y-T-I-O-N, it's a dumb username. <laughs> please, please post it somewhere, just have it, have people read <laughs> it, be, so it's easier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that, I, everything's that, Instagram, TikTok, Venmo is that, everything, everything is Jason Smation, so you can find me there and yeah. stuff, and like my things, if you like. Uh, I, 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 I had this really funny thought because I obviously I'd watched you, but then as I'm preparing my research, I figured out, you know, your handle and your website was this Jason, Jason Smation. And I had the, the goofiest thought in my brain because I don't know if you know Vanessa Gonzalez. Oh, uh, I do. Yeah. She's really funny. Major alumni of mm-hmm. the Austin scene. And for the longest time, her handle and her website was Vanessa Comedy. Yeah. And when I saw yours, because she finally had to kind of, you know, she changed the corporate it. line. It's Vanessa G Comedy mm-hmm. now, very professional. But I'm like, you know, I know one other person who had kind of the goofy handle at mm-hmm. first, and then now she's, yeah. she's big time. I'm not changing it. And she, <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to change well, I'm it. Well, sure she didn't want to, mm-hmm. but well, she's. I can't change it because people call me that. People know me as Jason Smation. People will just come up and call oh me that. Oh my gosh! Do you get introduced on stages? N- almost. <laughs> I, I I did some like years ago. I reached out to a booker to get on a show, and she put me on. And she put me on the flyer, Jason Smation. She thought that was my last name. So some people think that is my name, yeah. Jason. Smation, and yeah. I, I I don't know. It's like funny. I accidentally branded myself really well. Yeah. And I just have I have to keep it. Yeah. I just, I'm just gonna keep it. It's so stupid, but I don't I don't care. I I feel you because my my I know I, who knows if it'll still exist by the time this episode goes out. But uh, my Twitter handle and my Instagram handles are super meowy, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of people that just call me super meowy. Yeah. So it's, it's like a new name. It's great. Yeah. yeah. It's a new nickname. You have to kind of just own it. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm fine with it. I don't yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Okay, well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how Jason got to be the comedic genius that you heard today just as much as I have. (laughs) This has been Comedy Wham Presents Jason Smation Rodriguez. (laughs) I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Jason. All right, thank you. It was fun.